Welcome to the Alice in Wonderland podcast. I'm Georgia Alice, and I want to remind you that this is a place for you to sit back, let your imagination uh, loose, and your sense of wonder encapsulate you, but most importantly, be curious. And today I'm joined by Damon Valentino. So Damon and I actually met earlier this year on a, on a course, and um, I was really fascinated by Damon and where he was at in his life and what he had embarked on. So I'm not going to tell you too much about that in the intro because I think that's going to unfold naturally as we progress through the podcast. So welcome, Damon. Thank you so much, Georgia. It's great to be here. It's always good to have you and to have a chat with you. So uh, Damon, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests. And the question is, if I, let's imagine I'm little young Alice walking through Wonderland. I'm mm -hmm. seven years old and I bump into Damon and I ask you, Damon, Damon, what is it that you do in this life? Why are you, why are you here? Why are you in Wonderland? How would you answer that to a seven-year-old Alice? Well, Alice, I would say that I'm in Wonderland to explore and to figure out which direction to go by taking the step that's right in front of me and looking around, looking for magic, looking to try to see between the cracks and meet as many wonderful uh, adventurers as I can while I'm here. Beautiful. What a wonderful answer. Thank you so much. Now, James, <laughs> for those that are listening, let's give them a little bit of background in what you, before you talk to um, about what I want to talk to you about. Let's um, just unpack what you do. Um, you know, how do you fill your days? What do you do for a living, so to speak? Well, I am a high performance coach and I work with uh, athletes and uh, executives, uh, startup companies as well, um, and adolescents who are uh, striving for greatness in this world and battling the um, more ever so present uh, stress and anxiety and uh, fast pacing, fast paced uh, lifestyles that we all now typically now lead. So uh, yeah, I work with I work with people in in the coaching field and uh, try to step on the path with them. Try to kind of figure out what makes them tick, where they want to go, what are some of the challenges that are in their way, and offer whatever kind of service that I can offer to them in a, in a human way to uh, hopefully allow them to uh, take those next couple of steps uh, with intention. So speaking of taking of steps with intention, <laughs> <laughs> the, reason, the reason I was so intrigued by and wanting to get you on here was that you recently embarked on a journey that I think is something that a lot of people would love to do. And that is where you packed up everything, grabbed your wife and your daughter and decided to 
travel the world. So <laughs> let's rewind. Yeah. Talk through what led to that decision, first of all. So what was going on in your life that made you decide that, hang on a minute, something's got to change? Sure. Yeah, actually. Um, well, we'll have to rewind back to life in San Francisco where I was living and I had a successful coaching practice. My wife was a, a principal at a bilingual school. My daughter happened to be attending that school and we owned our home and on paper, I think it, it looked like we had sort of found success uh, and we were living, uh, you know, the, living the dream. And it became clear, uh, it wasn't clear at first, but I think that, um, you know, this, this was a year ago that we started our travel, so I'll, I'll, I'll go back two years. Um, we just kind of felt flat, if I, if I could, you know, just sort of say it bluntly, with uh, the day-to-day -day life that we were living. Uh, things that should have given us a spark and a jolt uh, just didn't seem to really be making much of an impact for us. And uh, I would say that uh, our health was not great. Uh, it wasn't that we had any radical illness or anything like that, but we just, you know, we were, we were moving through life. We were marching through life, uh, getting to the weekend, doing the typical things you do on the weekend, going out to nice dinners, drinking a bottle of wine and uh, kind of getting up on Monday morning and doing it all again. And there just felt like something inside of me that it, it just felt like life was slipping, slipping by. Um, and it was a really just a disorienting feeling. Um, and so, you know, over the course of the year, you know, we, my wife and I looked at it one another and we just said, is this it? You know, we're, we, we quote unquote have made it and things are going well and we have a great community around us. Um, what's the, what's wrong? You know, and we, and we just couldn't really put our finger on it. Um, and you know, sometimes in life, I think it's important when you when you need to make some changes that that you you make some minor tweaks. And so we we decided to start with some minor tweaks, and uh, and even those just didn't seem to really be making much of an impact for us. Um, and the the sort of the stars aligned where um, you know the the market was really great in our in our area for real estate. We happened to have owned our home for quite a while. And, um, you know, my wife had what she thought at the time was her dream job, but it just didn't seem like it was uh, as fulfilling as she thought it would be. And I found myself coaching people uh, in a way that as I was hearing the words out of my mouth, they sounded hollow because I wasn't walking the walk. And, you know, when you live your life feeling like that, like a sense of just almost fraudulent in a way, um, we knew that the minor tweaks weren't going to get it done. And so we, you know, we decided, uh, and I think when, when you make a decision that seems to be very radical, like a big decision like that, um, it, it almost felt like we didn't have a choice. And, and that's sort of the advice that I, that I might give is that you almost need to be thrust into these kinds of more radical decisions. Um, and, and, you know, we, we decided to put our house up, uh, test the waters and lo and behold, the next thing we knew, um, we sold our house earlier than we needed to. And we started to couch surf in San Francisco with our friends, 
you know, so our gypsy lifestyle started even before we left, a couple months before we left. And, um, and then we, we packed it all up. We had a storage unit in San Francisco. We bought a one-way ticket to Barcelona. And that's as far as we planned. Beautiful. I've got a question for you. This is really intriguing. You said you, you started to, or you, you tried to make little minor tweaks. What were some, what are some examples of some of the minor things that you were doing and why do you believe um, they weren't actually cutting it for you? They weren't making the difference. Well, we did a few things. We, we focused on, you know, I bought a Peloton bike, for example, and, you know, I started to get into that riding in classes on, in the Peloton. Uh, we began you know, making our, our way to the beach every weekend, which was about a 15 minute drive away. You know, we were taking more uh, trips. We went to Hawaii, uh, you know, just to sort of kickstart, um, trying to learn new hobbies. I joined a climbing gym and, you know, uh, so all of those sorts of things where, uh, you know, you, you say to yourself, okay, well, I just need to kind of, you know, get in a little bit better shape or I just need to, you know, you know, tackle a new hobby, um, you know, or, you know, we need to go on a, a short vacation just to kind of like get things moving again. And, uh, you know, all of those things were, were, were great in the moment, but then we would sort of come back into our space and, and, and there's so much just felt like there was a flatness to, to our lives and it wasn't each other. We were still deeply in love and, uh, you know, um, as a family unit, we, we loved being around one another, but it almost felt like we had to work too hard um, during the day. And, and San Francisco became, you know, more and more busy. Uh, and it just, it just kind of felt like, uh, you know, we, we couldn't find our, our groove any longer, so. So it's interesting though, because I, I think there's a lot of people out there that go searching for, you know, fixing what's probably missing on the inside with some external things which are I'll just go and start a new hobby I'll do something different but really it sounds like there was something a lot deeper than just this surface level let me just um let me just entertain myself in a different way when I'm really not getting to the the deep root cause of why I'm not feeling this fulfilled this fulfilled feeling which I'm guessing was missing yeah I think that's I think that's definitely a, a big chunk of it I think the other chunk of it is that when my wife and I met, uh, you know, we fancied ourselves as being travelers. Uh, you know, 25 years ago, uh, I, you know, I was, I lived a life where half of the year I, I worked in one spot and then I would travel, have an adventure and do a service project for the other half of the year. And I really, I identified as a traveler and so did my wife. She did a semester at sea and, and literally our first date was, I'd, we'd love to live abroad someday. You know, and so, you know, and again, time just flies by and 12 years later, here we were and, you know, just we hadn't actualized that. So I think, I think in part it was that things were flat. And then the other part of it was, is that I think we were, we were sort of like buried over the thing that was, that really did stimulate us and the thing that we, uh, we connected with initially. Uh, so that combination, I think, is what really what kind of drove us to make this decision. Yeah, beautiful. So then we, we end up in Barcelona. <laughs> we land in Barcelona, no plans. I'm gathering you had no idea what was going on. So how did you navigate? How did you navigate this time away? And yeah, how did you make this work? 
Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the main themes that we uh, stumbled on was that we wanted to have a purpose without a plan. And I think for us, that, that provided enough of a framework, a skeleton itinerary around uh, staying connected to our values. And we did a really good job before we left of being intentional about what our values were. Uh, they were to be present with one another. They were, they, they were to, to be uh, open to the world around us. Um, they were to explore uh, and, and in a sense, kind of look, look for our own blind spots uh, by uh, having an interaction with, with life, with the planet. And they were also to uh, open our daughter up who had just turned six years old to the planet. And, you know, I think we also felt at that time that things were becoming more and more polarized. Um, you know, the recent 2016 election in the U.S. Uh, really drew a line in the sand in, in our country. And it made people uh, feel a little bit more tribal in nature. And, and we, wanted to, um, we wanted to sort of uh, rise above that. And, and go out into the world and explore and, and just meet human beings in different places. So we sort of set it up very broad in that sense. But the reason it worked for us is because we, we knew our value system and we knew, uh, we knew at, our, at our core what it was that we were looking to, to achieve and to ex experience when we were in the world. So it almost didn't matter so much what we were doing. Mm. Um, so, so we set it up nicely in that sense. And then, um, you know, Airbnb has created such a, a wonderful uh, opportunity nowadays to travel where you can, you can rent an apartment in a neighborhood in a, in a new town. And so, you know, we're, we weren't, we, we weren't um, tourists, we were living our lives. And so even if we weren't in, a, in one spot for very long, we still got to know the local corner store market. Uh, we knew when, you know, um, you know people were going to cruise by with with the ice cream truck. And we did our best to try to integrate and live life like the locals. Um, and so that set us up nicely for um, being able to just be uh, present where, wherever we were. Um, and it was just a beautifully rich experience to be able to do that. And I'd have to say that, you know, we bought a one-way ticket to Barcelona, but the instinct to plan is very strong. And so we, you know, even after Barcelona, we would say to ourselves, okay, well, next we're going to go to Portugal. And then after that, we're going to go to a, the next place, Morocco. Uh, and then we're going to rent a place in Croatia for a month. Um, and as it, as it all kind of unfolded, and we, we did make it to Portugal and Morocco. Um, and then when we got to Croatia, uh, we got that we were there for a few days and we were like, oh man, we, we, we don't really want to be here a whole month. And so I think it, it, was, it was nice because it was early enough in the, in the trip where we had an experience where by planning, by doing the one thing we said we, we shouldn't do, um, it kind of burned us. And so we actually left early uh, and, then opt and then just vowed to not make any more plans after that. Because frankly, you don't know who you're going to be or how you're going to feel until you get to where you are. Uh, so I think there's a really beautiful lesson in that. Uh, and it's something that even though now I'm, I'm in, in one place, I try to continue to bring into my life daily. Mm. I love what you said there. You don't know who you're going to be. So 
unpack that further. So did you find that when you're in a different, uh, a different location, a different country, that you were being someone different or how does that work? I don't think it's so much being somebody different. I think that the experiences in life change you and they open you or they uncover and they reveal more of you. Um, there's so much of, of us uh, as human beings that's below the surface. And, and I think that um, when you are forced to engage in, in ways that are more novel sometimes, maybe they're full of more risk, uh, maybe they, uh, uh, they push on some of your own biases, uh, or maybe you just have a magical moment. Um, that, that chemistry, whatever it is, um, it alters you and, and your perception of who you are in, in the world. And so I think that for us, it was um, that the amalgamation of all those different things swirling around. Um, and then you're your, um, your relationships that you develop with people, you know, you meeting like a, an 85 year old, uh, you know, grandmother in Portugal sitting on a bench and she knows just enough English to tell you her story and putting her hand on your leg and you just looking down at all the, all the experiences that that 85 year old hand has had from a person living on that place, that, that part of the planet earth, it, it has to change you. And so, um, you know, sitting in Barcelona trying to map out what I was going to do a couple months later, uh, was just impossible. Um, and so, yeah, we got really good at that. We got really good at, we, we, we managed to go to places that I would have never thought that we were going to go to. Um, Give us an example. Where's somewhere that you ended up, you thought, I never thought I'd be here. <laughs> well, I didn't think we were going to go to Morocco. Uh, it, was, it was sort of p potentially out there. But, um, you know, when, you, when we were in Portugal, you're just like, wow, it's just like an hour and a half flight to Marrakesh. And, you know, you just sort of like feel drawn to do that. But the, probably the one that, that stands out the most is in Central Asia, um, the Republic of Georgia. Um, you know, we, uh, I, I, to be completely honest, I don't think I could have ever, uh, pointed where Georgia was on the map. I knew very little of the history of the country. Uh, I knew that they were, uh, you know, immersed in a lot of war, uh, you know, maybe a decade ago. Um, but, uh, we, you know, when we were in Europe and it, it just started to become a place that we started to hear more about and, and so Tbilisi, you know, and somebody would say Tbilisi and you know, like, Tbilisi, where's Tbilisi, you know, and oh, that's Georgia. That's, uh, you know, that's what that other person was talking about over there. So, you know, we landed in, in Tbilisi and um, Central Asia, you know, uh, um, and found our way into some unbelievably magical experiences there. Uh, I would say as a pattern, one thing that we started to understand that we were drawn to were places that had gone through a lot of strife and yet they had sort of now kind of come out. And, and if I could maybe describe it more natural, it would be like, you know, clear cropping a forest, a big forest fire came through. And then all of a sudden, all these new shoots are starting to pop up. This new life is coming out of all that ash. 
and I, and I, and I could see, you know, as I look back on our year that we, we start, we were, we would gravitate towards places where those new shoots were coming up. So you're walking down the street in Tbilisi where maybe, uh, you know, some of the buildings had been bombed, for example, but then they were turned into small uh, speakeasy wine bars with beautiful street art all over them. Uh, you know, people who are incredibly open, very few tourists, um, you know, people who are proud to have you experience their country because not many people do. Uh, things like that where, um, you know, there's just a real genuine feeling when you're in a place that isn't so overrun with tourism uh, or when the people who live there aren't, yeah, yeah, we, you know, come on in, you're tourists, we want your money, uh, but they don't necessarily want the connection. Mm. And so we found Georgia to be one of those places. We, we found our way five hour drive up into the mountains where we were living in a, in a guest house with two 80 plus year olds that were the, <laughs> that were running the guest house and both of their spouses had passed away and Sergey and Lena. And in this particular village, uh, everything that you needed to live life and sustain was within uh, literally a five minute walk. And, you know, they grew their own grapes. They had apple trees, they had chestnuts, um, you know, had free range uh, goats and cows roaming around. And they had a natural water spring that was carbonated. Um, and as it turns out, the, the, the water that they produce has, has mineral in it uh, and calcium. So it's one of those areas where the blue zones, where people live to be the, you know, you know, age long, um, you know, and, and you had to start a fire to uh, warm your water to take a shower, for example. Uh, things like that, where you're just sort of feeling kind of back 100 years ago, um, and, and it does something to you. And it really just sort of settles in. And I think as humans, we, we are more comfortable with that than we give ourselves credit for. Mm. Uh, so to go into experiences like that, just are, they're just magical. Amazing. And it sounds, I'm just sitting here going, gee, it sounds, it sounds lovely. Even though we've got all these modern conveniences now, we, we sort of don't appreciate, you know, we don't appreciate some of the things that we have, like hot water, we turn on a tap, we don't have to light a fire beforehand. But just mm. the, the ritual of lighting the fire would then mm. give you more gratitude for the warm water. You, you've had to produce that yourself. So it's a really beautiful, beautiful experience. So if, if mm -hmm. we look at your your journey so you've gone on this journey 12 months mm -hmm. are you a different person coming back and what's different if you are it's hmm. a great question uh i mean the short answer is yes uh i am a different person and i think uh you know i i almost think of it as just this layering of paints that have now kind of blurred and and bleeded together and created uh, like a watercolor inside of me where it's not so much that um, I recall experiences um, in a nostalgic way. Uh, it's more that I can, I can uh, access the feeling that I had when I was in one in a different place. And so, you know, it, in sort of a modern vernacular using our technology, it'd be like I have a bunch of new apps on my phone and I can click on one of those apps and open it up 
and it brings that that energy back to life for me. Um, I was um, kind of fading, falling asleep last night, and I just had this feeling of being in Guatemala, and I, I could feel, I could sense it, I could feel it, and I, and more than that, I could I could be there uh, energetically, and so um, I think that maybe uh, yes, I'm a different person, but I think also uh, I'm. It's, I'm not so solid anymore. I think I'm not, I'm not clinging so much to my ego and my identity uh, and trying to defend that. Uh, I think what it really did is it allowed me to be a bit more porous and uh, allow uh, the experiences that, that sort of come in and out of me, um, almost like the tides, right? It, it just has that, that sense. And um, so, you know, it, and I think, I think at a different stage of my life, I, I would have been more flaky coming mm -hmm. out of experience like this. Uh, there, there's definitely a sense of feeling very grounded, um, but just a deep sense of appreciation for the present moment. And, 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 and yet to be able to kind of play around a little bit with my own nervous system uh, when I need to and when I want to, um, by you know recalling and bringing some of those energetic moments back back up yeah beautiful what a beautiful gift that you mm. have that ability now to pretty much you've got this operating system within you that you can tune in and tune out to different experiences and bring them to the present moment now and um, help you really manage moods and emotions in the present moment which is awesome so yeah. if you, if there's people that are listening that are thinking, wow, I'd really love to do what Damon's done. I'd really love to sell everything, take my family and just travel the world. What would, what would you say to them? What would you be your advice? Um, anything that comes to mind for people that potentially were the Damon of, you know, mm -hmm. over 12 months ago, two years ago? Well, I mean, I guess I would, I would, I'd want them to understand what love uh, means for them. Uh, first of all, first of all, uh, it, it, the intention is so crucial for something like this. Um, for example, you know, it's it's really easy to think about the grass being greener by by sort of fantasizing about this. If this thing, if I go do this thing, then all these feelings I'm having right now. I won't have any more. Um, so I think that you know the 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 honest to God truth is is that you're going to bring yourself wherever you go. Um, so doing a little bit of of deep uh, introspection around your intention for doing the trip is it to collect memories? Uh, is it to run away from something that's uncomfortable that you that you're feeling right now, um, or is it coming from a deeper place? Um, you know, I also, uh, I, I like to kind of think of things through more of a stoic lens where, um, you know, the gratitude that I feel for being alive now, I mean, I'm 50 years old and I literally, when I wake up in the morning, I, I say to myself, I made it, I woke up, <laughs> you know, and I, I have a deep sense of gratitude for the fact that I would have been given an opportunity to live another day. And then that might, that might sound trivial, but it's not. It's, um, so why? Why do you want to go and have that experience? Um, 
because the stories, the stories will be, they'll be fine, but you are going to bring everything that you have with you right now on the road with you as well. Nothing is going to wash all of that away. Um, so know, know your deep intention, set, mm. have a, have a real sense of your value around what it is that you want to do. Um, and then I would also say on a more, uh, maybe a little bit more of a nuts and bolts, uh, perspective, uh, whatever you think you need on the trip, you need half of that. So it's gonna It's going to be a really difficult thing to part with a lot of the things that you are, you hold so close to you get a storage unit, hold something up in front of you and say to yourself, if I haven't interacted with this thing within the last three months, it's either going in storage or I'm giving it away to somebody else. Um, and, and if you have the good fortune to be able to have the means, I would say give away a lot of the things that you were going to rid yourself of anyway. Uh, we, we found a, a woman who had run from a, an abusive husband and we literally gave her our entire house full of stuff. She came with a big truck and took everything except for, you know, my mother's or my aunt, you know, my mother's plates and dishes and, you know, my wife's grandmother's things and really sentimental stuff. But other than that, couches and beds and everything. And there was something really beautiful about that. And I think it really helped us um, set the right tone for what it is that we were going to do. So, mm-hmm. um, Provide some service, you know, give, give something to the world as you are about ready to let the world go give you something. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful yeah. advice that is. And I, I really, that really resonates with me. Just, you know, you've got all these belongings you're about to go off for 12 months and um, just allowing somebody else to benefit from them instead of having them sitting in storage. And you probably find when you come back that it's not, what you want anyway you probably i don't know you haven't got them anyway so you yeah. would have had to find new things and there's a bit of fun and excitement in that right <laughs> yeah there is there is yeah. i haven't been back to our storage unit yet either and uh that'll be interesting to i my my hunch is, is i'm going to get back there and i'm going to say why did i keep why did i keep <laughs> three quarters of this stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> you're a different person we, we so, uh, as a coach so yeah. you've been on this journey a do you think it's it's enriching your ability to work with people because you have pretty much got rid of everything, traveled the world? You know, how are you finding that impacting your relationship with your clients and what you're now doing? Oh, absolutely, no question about it. Uh, you know, not so much e- even that it the uh, you know kind of the overt hey I've traveled the world and I have all these cool stories to tell. Uh, when I'm coaching with somebody, but it's more of, I think that, um, the, just the genuine, um, uh, a deeper sense of connection that I think I have been able to, to, to achieve with the people that I'm working with, um, a greater sense of empathy, um, and, and frankly, more vulnerability from my perspective where, um, you know, just feeling more human, um, and also, uh, I think maybe I have more confidence in myself that to trust that in the moment I'm going to know what, what the right thing to, to do or say is because I've navigated more from heart and gut this year. Uh, and that has become a skill set that, that has really become more fine tuned for me. And so it used to be where, 
uh, I would sit down in a coaching session and I'd, in my mind, I might, I might, I would be listening, but in my mind, I would be thinking about the three or four or five mental models or ideas that I was going to, you know, share with them after they finished talking. And, and I found now that I, I don't do that anymore. I don't go in prepared with anything. I sit down with another human being. Um, I honor them with my full attention and I listen with my heart and my gut and I trust that something is going to come out of my mouth that uh, uh, it is genuine and, and, and you know, it, there's, there's some, there's some fear sometimes in that, you know, when you really allow yourself to just be completely present in a moment without knowing what you're going to do or say. But I, but I've seen that uh, the connections that I've made, um, you know, the rapport that has been, has been built, uh, has been, uh, really front and center. And then, then underneath all of that, or, or after that, uh, maybe there's a point, a tip or two. Uh, and, and I feel like that when, when another person feels that you are deeply connecting with them and you're connecting together, uh, they can hear you uh, not as somebody who's giving them something, but more offering something. Uh, you know, I I used to I used to think about coaching as sitting face to face with somebody, and now I think about it as sitting shoulder to shoulder, and we're we're sort of both looking out at this thing in the middle between us, and and I think. By doing that, um, I've noticed, you know, and I don't have the metrics to prove this, but I've noticed that um, people seem to be more open, uh, more receptive, and uh, are more courageous in uh, taking uh, action and steps um, maybe than I've seen before, uh, before the trip. Yeah. Beautiful. So I, so I asked you about your you know, how it's affected you as in your professional career. So mm -hmm. how's it impacted and, you know, what's the difference it's made on your family, your wife mm. and daughter? So what's, how's, you know, has your values played, played out from the trip? You know, what's been the, you know, has there been benefits as a, as a family unit? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you think about the day-to-day -day life, you, know, you get up in the morning if you're married and you have a child and you get up in the morning, each of you are doing your own thing. You know, you got to get your kid ready. Uh, maybe you go your separate ways. Somebody drops your, the kid off at school. You both go to work. Somebody picks the kid up at home. You all come home. You know, you're making dinner. Um, everyone's tired. And you might have, uh, you know, a half hour of sort of on interrupted time with one another where you're you're looking at each other and you're listening to one another um, where you want somebody's not on the computer doing you know answering emails and somebody else isn't giving your kid a bath or, or whatever it is and if you slice that up there's very little time in your life with the people you love the most where you're having these genuine experiences with and so on the road uh, we were, all, we were together all day, you know, all the time. Of course I would, I would, you know, kind of branch off to do my work, which was digital coaching. Um, but for the most part, 
we were all together having experiences in places that none of us had been. So even my six-year-old, uh, when we're walking down the street uh, in Marrakesh, would have as much knowledge about where we were as we did. And so there was a real equality that happens, I think, when you're exploring together in that way. And there's a real um, tenderness that I think can come from sitting and having coffee uh, and just watching your child playing in the playground and talking about whatever it is that comes up in that moment. And um, yeah, I mean, the depth that uh, our, the relationship that my wife and I had was always good, but now it's at a level where um, there's just a real sweetness to it. And there's a, there's a real, um, you know, it's, it's not that the connection's any, any deeper, but that there's the, the ability for us to now know one another better is, is uh, exponentially better. Um, and, you know, we did a world school with my daughter, so she's not in a school. And my, my wife, thankfully, is, was a principal and a, was before that a first grade teacher. So that was the grade my, my daughter was going to be in, in first grade. Um, and that was a really beautiful experience as well, because as much as we planned curriculum and had our idea, I was going to teach her photography and writing, and my wife was going to teach her reading and math. And, you know, we, here was the schedule. It, it didn't work out like that at all. You know, we, we thank dropped goodness, that. Right? Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, a volcano erupted in Guatemala and we said, well, I guess we're going to study volcanoes now, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, yeah, just, uh, I, I feel I, this is the, the type of year uh, for those who are considering doing this. This, I guess would be the most impactful thing I could say about it that, you know, uh, hopefully I live a long life and laying in a hammock somewhere when I'm 95 years old and I'm about ready to check out, I can say pretty, pretty certainly that this year is going to be one of the top things that I'm going to be recalling about my life when I look back. Mm, so. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's, mm. that's inspiring. And it's just in its, in and of itself, just those words, seeing you know, this is, so far, because we don't know what's ahead of you, right? But so far, <laughs> one of the best, <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the best years of your life, and how, yeah, I just yeah. really was inspired by what by what you had done when we when we had met and you were sharing that because I think you were halfway through your trip when we met. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, so yeah, it's just you know a lot of people don't take these opportunities out of fear. Um, out of worrying about how they're going to survive or what's going to happen when they come back um, because you're basically you're giving up. Your wife gave up her job. Your daughter's mm -hmm. taken her out of school um, mm -hmm. and you are now going to attempt to run your business digitally, you know, around yeah. the globe. So, you know, how did you, just as we finish up, how did you manage those, that, that fear? Because I'm sure you would have had it, that worry, potentially mm -hmm. doubt or anxiety about, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. What was the, how did you manage that? How did you push through that? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely had it. Uh, you know, there's, it, it's tough to let go. I mean, we, you know, we, we talk a lot about homeostasis and this, this concept that, you know, you become very comfortable with what you have and, and, but sometimes what you have isn't what's best for you and yet you still cling to it. 
And so I, I think for me, I always thought about that. I always thought about the fact that, um, you know, there's no going back and there's no, there, I can't stay doing what it is that I'm doing right now. And, and that I have to trust that this pull, this deep pull that, that I feel inside is, that's, a, that's the essence of who I am as a person speaking. And even though I was terrified of letting go and um, you know, basically dissolving everything that we had created together materially, um, I, I, I felt so pulled to continue to step and to continue to keep moving forward that, you know, and, and in a way it's, it's not so scary when you're in the moment. It's scary when you think about it mm. and it's scary, but it's not so scary when you're in the moment. It reminds me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big scuba diver and it always reminds me of when you dive up, when you jump off the boat and you're, you're kind of floating in the water, your head's above the water and you're getting your gear all set to go under. That's when I'm terrified. You know, if you're, you know, if you're in a, doing a dive where potentially there are sharks or whatever, you know, that's when I'm terrified. And it's because it's the unknown. You don't, you're, you're part of you is above uh, an area where you are, you're conjuring up some, some kind of, you know, scary things beneath you. But as soon as you go under and you're in the water, then that fear goes away because you're immersed and you're in it. And I think that um, that became the dance of when the, when the fear would well up, I would look around and I'd say, okay, what can I do today, uh, right now? Can I take a walk down to the corner and buy some mangoes? Uh, you know, can I reach out to some of my clients and, and let them know I'm thinking about them? Uh, uh, action steps, small little, little gifts of, of care and concern that, so I'm turning the camera around from me focused on myself. And then, you know, it's a really beautiful practice to then flip that camera around to say, well, who, who out there can I, uh, you know, sh show some support for? Mm -hmm. And, and that, that little move right there um, does wonders for getting you out of your own sort of welled up fear. And, 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 you know, frankly, it could have gone south, right? It could have been, it could have been awful. But, but then I also kind of like to think about the worst case scenario. Okay, what's the worst case scenario if, it, if, this, if this just kind of goes south? Well, you know, we find ways to settle down somewhere and we, you know, lean in on our skills and, and uh, you know, and, and I think that's another thing about the world, especially if you do a little third world travel, you see that people can be completely happy living in a one room shack with a dirt floor from mm. grandchild to grandmother, all living in, the one, in one space together. You can just see it in their eyes. They're not carrying a lot of stress. They're, they're living their lives. And it's not to say that um, they don't have real hardship, but um, you, know, you, you begin to sort of distill the, the way I did with my material goods, where do I really need this? Uh, you begin to distill some of those, those fears as well. Like, do I need to hold on to this fear? Um, and I think that, you know, transferring some of those material practices to things that are a little bit more inside can be really wonderful ways to sort of navigate and manage some of the, the natural fears that are going to come up. Mm. I love what you said there about the analogy used of scuba diving, because we do, uh, as a, 
as a being or even as society, we see things and we imagine that things under the water, under the surface to be, you know, full of sharks and predators. <laughs> but then when you immerse yourself and again, you realize it's actually beautiful. It's, you know, all those fears aren't really, aren't really real most of the time. And so, um, you know, really great advice there that if you're feeling the fear, just immerse yourself, get into it because the fear disappears as soon as you're in what you thought you feared. And, right. um, yeah, and really I, golden. I find, yeah. I find that the fear actually gives you a little texture as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm now sort of think about it as just, you know, making the tent bigger where I think a lot of times what I used to do um, when I, you know, had more anxiety in my life and more stress was I'd feel that fear and, you know, it'd be like being at a party and that fear, you know, would, would come up and I would grab the fear and I'd go in the closet with the fear and I'd say, what do you want? What are you doing? I, or you'd run out the door and just start tearing down the road. And now I realize that, you no, know, the fear, when, when I feel that fear, I can actually just go into the other room and talk to some other people. The fear can be in this other room over here and I can be over here and, and that's, and we can live together. And I think yeah. that, um, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to get rid of, uh, and I think that that's the, that's the suffering, you know, there'll always be pain, but you know, suffering is going to come when we either try to get rid of deny, shove in the closet. Um, so now I have a relationship with that feeling that wells up in me. And when it comes, I use it as a trigger. Oh, okay, I'm going to take a breath or I'm going to go give my daughter a kiss. You know, I mean, so, something that you can kind of pivot off of um, so that it's not so big and scary anymore. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So as we, as we close out our chat today, I mean, we could sit here and talk forever. Um, yes, it's great. Is there... Is there anything that you would like to, any sort of final words of wisdom or advice, potentially could be something you've gathered from your travels or how you're now integrating back into life now, setting down, because you're back now, you know, putting roots in and um, finding yourself a, a home, a steady home, no more traveling and flitting <laughs> off everywhere with the family. So is there right. anything, that, anything that you think that, our listeners could benefit from, from your experience um, that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, so many things really. Um, but I guess I would, I, I guess I would kind of boil it down to, um, to sit with yourself for five to 10 minutes without doing anything, with an open notebook, without any prompts, and allow yourself to just listen. Um, because I think often we spend a lot of our times um, you know, organizing and planning and we, we don't, and, and you know, there's a lot, of, lot to be said for mindfulness and, and I love mindfulness practice. Um, but sometimes I think it's, uh, we, we don't give ourselves enough credit for having the wisdom that exists beneath the surface. And it can feel a little uncomfortable to sit there and kind of wait for something to happen. Um, but I think the benefit is so tremendous to, um, 
you know, those old snow globes when you shake them and the storm is going on. I, I, I like to think of that image of just set that snow globe down and let the snow settle and take a look at what's inside. And I think if you do that, you're gonna jot down a few things that are coming from a deeper place. Mm -hmm. And then when you act from that place, um, you're going to be moored to, you might get knocked down, but you won't be unmoored if you learn to sort of manage your life from that, that deeper connection. Um, there's a real power and synchronicity where things start to kind of line up when you do something like that. Wonderful, beautiful. It's been such a pleasure, pleasure, I can't even talk, pleasure <laughs> chatting to you about your experience. So if people would like to reach out to you, learn more about what you do, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, I've, I'm involved with a couple of things. I've got my own coaching practice and it's sidestreetcoaching.com would be my website. And then I've also partnered with another Aussie, Claire Sarah Johnson. And we have uh, uh, a program that we run called Moro, and that is uh, towardthemoro.com. And those are, those are great ways to get in touch with me. Uh, reach out and send me an email. I'm on, I, all my social stuff will be on there as well. But I love, I love talking to anybody about uh, any of these types of things. So even if it's not for a professional client uh, you know, uh, call, um, you know, give me a, give me a, a call and, or send me an email and I'd be happy to, to reach out, especially if you're interested in doing something along these lines. It'd be great. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time as always an absolute pleasure. And I know there's so much gold in what you've um, shared with us today. So thank you so much. And um, we'll hopefully see you again soon. Georgia, my pleasure. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much. Today is turning into the most curious adventure I've ever had.